CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The SEC gives the Winklevoss twins a second rejection. Good evening, I'm Bailey Reitzel, and this is Coindesk's Late Confirmation, bringing you the top stories for July 27th. On today's program, are Know Your Customer regulations a scam? One CEO sounds off. A crypto wallet will replace private keys with encrypted QR codes. And lastly, we'll talk about the political leanings of cryptocurrency stakeholders when we speak with Peter Ryan, a research analyst with Coindesk, on his latest findings. But first, a word from our sponsor, Oxford Fintech Program. Master financial technology online with a 10-week Oxford Fintech Program. Interacting with an international cohort of business leaders and over 60 guest experts, you'll gain a practical introduction to key financial technologies and their business applications. Find out more at OxfordExecFintech.com. And now, the SEC has rejected the Winklevoss Brothers Bitcoin ETF for a second time. The Securities and Exchange Commission has once again denied an application by billionaire brothers Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss to launch a Bitcoin exchange-traded fund. Yet, the U.S. financial watchdog has left the door open to potentially approving such investment vehicles in the future. The move comes more than a year after the SEC turned down an application for the Winklevoss Bitcoin Trust from the BATS BZX exchange. Shortly after, BAT submitted a petition to review that decision, sparking a wave of comments about the agency's willingness to approve a cryptocurrency exchange-traded product. In a release published Thursday, the SEC emphasized that its decision doesn't constitute a judgment against cryptocurrencies and blockchain in general, but rather the structure of the proposal that was pitched. It noted that, quote, over time, regulated Bitcoin-related markets may continue to grow and develop. Next up, this CEO calls anti-money laundering operations a scam. Nowadays, the procedures known as KYC and AML, that's Know Your Customer and Anti-Money Laundering, appear to be common practices carried out in crypto startups. But an article written by Epiphyte CEO Idan Yago might make you think twice about these regulatory practices. In an op-ed pinned on Coindesk, Yago laments the toll taken by KYC and AML practices on individual privacy, financial inclusion, and fintech innovation. He states these regulatory mandates have done nothing more than create, quote, a system that keeps billions in poverty, kills innovation, and provides an excuse for the banking system to lock out the competition. To support his argument, Yago named an example, the war-torn country of Somalia. 
According to an article published by The Guardian, 40% of Somalia's families rely on money sent from relatives overseas. Yet one place where that money was flowing in from was the UK, and UK banks decided to close all the remittance services to Somalia, claiming that the payments were too high risk. Yago says the decision left the entire country on the brink of starvation. He then concludes the piece by asking if KYC and AML regulations are worth the creation of, quote, a massive semi-privatized global surveillance system. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that on Twitter. Just tag your response with hashtag late confirmation. And finally, one crypto wallet is replacing private keys with encrypted QR codes. China-based Cheetah Mobile is adding personalized and encrypted QR codes to strengthen its cryptocurrency wallet security. Announced today, the company claims the QR code-based identification system is more secure than traditional mnemonic phrases, while also being easier to use. In particular, the system hopes to ensure users are not writing their backup phrases down on paper, which can easily be lost, stolen, or damaged, the company said. In addition, Cheetah Mobile believes the new system can protect against the risks that arise if users send their passphrases to themselves using email or instant messaging platforms, which can contain malware or otherwise leak the messages to bad actors. We'll continue to follow each of these stories closely on Coindesk.com, so stay tuned. And in a moment, we'll speak with Peter Ryan about the surprising results of a new survey looking at the political leanings of the crypto community. But first... The most influential conference in crypto is coming to Asia. Coindesk Consensus Conference takes over Singapore on September 19th and 20th. Join more than 75 speakers and 50 sponsors for two days of powerful insights, industry announcements, and cross-industry networking opportunities. Again, it's all happening in Singapore on September 19th and 20th, and you can register today at coindesk.com slash events. And we're back with Peter Ryan, a research analyst here at Coindesk, to discuss his most recent survey of the crypto community. Although the crypto community has been seen for some time as a tech-savvy band of libertarians, that seems to have changed. For instance, the highest percentage, at 27%, of people that responded to our survey identify as liberal. Peter, talk to us about that changing archetype. Yeah, so around the early days of crypto, it seemed that there were a lot of libertarians drawn to the message of decentralized sound money. And while those people were largely responsible for bringing Bitcoin and the crypto community in general to where it is today, uh, we find that there is a lot of people that align with the left, uh, especially that 27% who identify as liberal uh, that are in the community now. Uh, So what we see with that is while there's a lot of people on the right that still make up large part of the community, about 52%, the sizable minority that's there on the left, uh, which ranges from liberal to socialist, um, is really fascinating because it means that there's really a gear shift in the ideological drivers of what applications are focused on going forward. Um, However, however, when we look at um, the breakdown on the right, we see that um, 21% are conservative, 24% are libertarian, and 8% are anarcho-capitalist. And so while we might 
see some overlap between those two categories. We think it was beneficial to separate those out because there's a lot of uh, idiosyncrasies to each, like ANCAPs wanting to be um, totally against the state where there's a lot of libertarians that are in favor of the state. Yeah, sure. So you had mentioned the 52% um, being conservative. And so you, Coindesk, also put the respondents into broader groups. Um, so left, right, and nihilist. Um, and more people aligned with the right. So it just seems like there's more flavors of right in the crypto community. Would you agree with that? What does that sort of mean? Yeah, I think you can look at the flavors of the right in uh, a way as the conservatives being a lot of pro-Trump people, a lot of populists that um, are liking the paradigm rattling nature of cryptocurrencies. You can even see Steve Bannon out there talking about how he wants to start a cryptocurrency. And then you can go to libertarian crowd and, you know, those are the people that are liking these arguments um, about, you know, decentralized money, ending the Fed. And there's a lot of anarcho-capitalists that agree with those two points. But I would say where the libertarians and the ANCAPs differ uh, is the pension for extremism and how far you want to take your ideology. While libertarians might like ideas and um, show their support on social media, they might not go to the extent to get these things into the real world, whereas ANCAPs are out there potentially buying islands to start uh, crypto. Uh, currency only uh, havens. Right, right. And so tell us a little bit about the survey, the the technical details of the survey. How did you um, get these people to respond? How many people responded, etc.? Yeah, so we, res- we took a survey of about 1,200 people. We asked them a whole host of different questions uh, relating to the general going-ons of the industry. And uh, we broke them down into one, what was their dominant political ideology, and then ask them what is their favorite cryptocurrency. So while our categories within each cryptocurrency, as we broke them down, uh, doesn't mean those people don't like other cryptocurrencies, like a Bitcoin person can like Ethereum, and the inverse is also true. What we find is the person that identifies with a coin as their favorite um, says a lot about you know the direction they're going, whether they're within the community of that particular coin or they're you know giving it a large percentage of their portfolio. Yeah. So you found that certain political ideologies clustered around these particular coins, and that to me was super fascinating. Um, so, for instance, the XRP supporters fell almost equally into conservative and liberal groups, with much less of those people identifying as the more extreme ideologies like nihilist and socialist and anarcho-capitalist. And then, on the other hand, the highest number of people identifying with anarcho-capitalists were revolved around XR- XMR or Monero. So, I guess talk to us about the those findings, were they surprising and unexpected to you, or did you find what you expected there? Yeah, so I think it was really interesting to look at it. I think we found uh, what we were expecting. XRP is largely marketed as um, this post-Napster-like addition to the industry that will iron out all the kinks and play to the mainstream audience, to go through all the appropriate channels, comply with regulation, and deal with a lot of the big incumbents. Uh, Whereas uh, Monero is largely heralded as this um, really great privacy tool. And why I think that 
there's these extremes on both ends of having a lot of ANCAPs for one and a fair bit of socialists and the highest percentage of nihilists at 14%. Um, I think that's because uh, both groups have people on the extreme ends that could be political dissidents, especially in countries that are not as progressive on free speech. And they could be looking to these currencies as a way of uh, mitigating those uh, hindrances that are put upon them and the continued building of Monero and other privacy coins like this could show that um, these political dissidents and these political extremists, for one, um, will have another tool in their pocket. And overall, how, how do you interpret this data? Um, do you, how do you think it relates to the evolution of the cryptocurrency community? Yeah, I think ultimately what people need to start doing is have the conversation around does ideology shape blockchain technology? Um, does the fact that libertarians were the people that largely brought this to the popular imagination, um, does that say something intrinsically about the nature of the product and services that those people were building? And with the introduction of a lot of new entrants, uh, in past surveys we've done, we found that about 55% of the current population of cryptocurrency followers came in 2017. So if you have a lot of new people, which I think is largely responsible for that shift towards the left that we probably wouldn't see if we were polling um, a few years ago. Um, if you have all these new entrants and they're not fully assimilated into the archetype culture that was the original uh, stew that cryptocurrency was getting molded in. Um, is that a problem? Is that a problem for applications going forward? And ultimately, do we get farther away from that vision of decentralized sound money that could end the Fed and instead replace that with Silicon Valley's next consumerist app, Wall Street's next derivative database, or Washington's facelift on monetary policy? Nice. Thank you so much, Peter. As a reminder, Late Confirmation is brought to you by Oxford University's Said Business School, where you can now study fintech entirely online. The 10-week program gives you the tools you need to build the future of transactions and commerce. You'll explore emerging technologies that will disrupt marketplaces and financial services and examine the state of the industry and plan disruptive intra- and entrepreneurial interventions. Throughout the program, you'll be exposed to key ideas, principles, and frameworks from CEOs of leading startups, corporate leaders, and instructional leaders at the forefront of research in the space of future commerce and transactions. Find out more at OxfordExecFintech.com. And for more on today's stories and others, check out Coindesk.com. Of course, you can also get updates all day on Twitter at Coindesk and subscribe to our newsletter at Coindesk.com newsletter. If you're enjoying the show so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. For Coindesk, I'm Bailey Reitzel, and this has been Late Confirmation. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.